ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode two. It's not even been 24 hours and we're already in the mix of this next episode of the Neighborhood Smack. I'm your host, Mike. And this is Chad. What's going on? Yep. Are we going to have a visit from uh, Bradley? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we don't know who that was last uh, episode. Sound like Randy Savage, but uh, who knows? Dude, um, there were some kind of ghosts and some kind of anomalies happening that last episode. We apologize for all the technical difficulties. There were some very anomalies that were happening that day. I don't know what was going on. Yeah, yeah, who knows, but that's why this is raw and uncut, unfiltered, and as real as it gets, because you never know what you're going to experience on uh, the neighborhood smack. So, uh, yeah, welcome, everybody, to episode two. Um, We're going to jump into uh, a bunch of different um, topics here on this episode, Um, but I want to... um, Throw out a welcome to our first guest, second episode, first guest. Um, we're going to have him on to discuss uh, some spirituality and meditation. Um, he's got a personal side of thoughts to that we want to dig into. And uh, uh, he is Hispanic, and we're going to be touching on some minority uh, uh, aspects around that and how. Uh, hey, buddy, you there? You cut off. Hey, now we really, you didn't hear anything. No, I did not. Well, that's interesting. Um, so that means that we just had, uh, 45 seconds of silence. Uh, so, so that's what we have with wrong and uncut. I mean, who knows where that just happened from? Um, I was switching uh, visual and maybe that cut off my mic. I don't know. But um, so you didn't hear anything that I said after Savage, right? No, after Hispanic. After Hispanic. Okay. So <clears throat> I apologize, everybody. Uh, you're experiencing the definitely raw and uncut podcast. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, we're going to be discussing, yeah, so so I'll just jump into it and say uh, we have Joe V is our guest today, and he's going to be talking about some spirituality and meditation. Um, he is from the Hispanic background, and so he's going to be talking his status of, you know, what's considered maybe as minority and how it leads him to possibly like, you know, what he does with himself and, he, you know, comments of name change, whatever. Um and and we're going to continue to 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 close out the show with some uh, discussion around AI. I know that's a big topic in society, um, and as well as some nine eleven. Nine eleven, although it was a long ass time ago, is I'm sure still thoughts that in people's minds the world's uh it's america's worst disaster so uh with that i will just jump right in and welcome jay uh, joe v to the show ah thank you sir appreciate it it's a pleasure yeah yeah it's a pleasure to have you um joe v comes to us from chad he's a, a personal friend of my co-host chad and um this is my first time meeting him, so if you hear me uh, inquiring about uh, things to him, it's because I, I don't exactly uh, know him. I'm kind of getting to know him just with you guys. Uh, so, uh, Jovi, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I understand that you have a bit of a tech background. Yeah, he does. Hold on one second, Mike. I'm going to chime in really quick here. Oh, yeah. Throw so it down. We are over in Cottonwood, Arizona right now. We're not supposed to disclose our location, but we're going to right now. <laughs> this place is amazing. I would highly suggest anybody to come down for the weekend or for the day. So I got a I got a short story to tell really quick to the audience. If they're ever wanting to come down, do not mention Maynard from Tool because he pretty much owns <laughs> this town, okay? He has four wineries here. He's building this huge resort 
winery that has a ski lift. We just checked it out. How amazing was that? It was amazing. It was, dude, he's got vineyards of vines growing around the side of the circle building. It's supposed to open up in September. It is spectacular. So anyway, I want to give a very, very short story before we get into this whole thing. So the last time I was here was a couple months ago, and I was hanging out at the bar right on the little strip here. And everybody there were locals and everybody's having a good time, this and that. And I made one little slight comment to one of the natives here about Maynard. I was like, man, it looks like Maynard's taking this over this whole town. You know, he's got all these wineries. He's got this big old schism. And the lady turns to me, this chick, and she says, you know what? Fuck Maynard and fuck you. And I'm like, okay. So that would probably be the only advice I would give you anybody that's wanting to come here. Not to mention her, mention his name. Okay. Just enjoy. He okay. owns a lot of things and it's a great town. So, okay. So, welcome everybody. So that, I have to make a statement the fact that you said that. That explains the reason why Tool takes 15 years between albums. Oh, wow. Is <laughs> because he's so wrapped up in his cottonwood wineries, he can't record. So oh, Maynard, yeah. He has, a, uh, he has multiple vineyards. He lives here. He owns a jujitsu uh, little facility here right across the street. Um, yeah, he's one <laughs> among the people like Jesus over here. So All Bob right. Hog. Well, he's, a, he's Maynard, the boss hog of Cottonwood. Boss hog of Cottonwood. So make sure you record even no matter where you are. Oh, <laughs> Three years between albums, not 15, please. Okay. Uh, all right. So, Chad, that's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, when I visit Cottonwood someday, I will be sure to stop in and talk to that same lady and see if I get the same. <laughs> so, so okay. So, Joe, Joe V, tell us about yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about you, and uh, let the audience uh, uh, get a taste of Mr. Joe V. Yeah, so my name is Joe. I've uh, been living in, uh, well, I mean, near the Arizona, I guess, for, for a few years. I'm originally from New York City, born and raised in Harlem. Go oh, yeah! Yeah! Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm currently a cybersecurity engineer. Oh, shit. Uh, basically, I go in when companies get ransomware and they uh, encrypt all their data. I, I go in there and kind of save their ass. So mm, got it. Yeah, yeah. So I I just came from Colorado. We had a client there that uh lost all their data, was there for a week and got them back up and running. So that's what I do right very, now. Very, sweet, Joe. Yeah, yeah. That's very it. cool. Very cool. Yeah, you can never know enough cybersecurity people. Uh those guys um such as yourself, uh they're key components to keeping my social security number off the fucking streets. Okay, so uh, <laughs> Good, good shit, Joe. Good, good to have you. Um, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Let's um, um, let's let's talk a little bit about spirituality and uh, meditation. Now, my take uh, is, you know, I don't do much of it. I think that I'm a walking meditator, if that's even <laughs> possible. Like, I really yeah, it is. Know. It is okay. Well, right. I just think a lot. Uh, I'm a software engineer, so I got tech background as well. And so I just think a lot and I'm a walking uh, mess uh, in my own mind, in my own head. So tell me, what what do you think about maybe something listeners could, could leverage or take or, or kind of what you do with your uh, spiritual meditation? So um, it, it was a very strange way that I got into spirituality and meditation. Uh, I... I I stumbled upon it only going through and reading about physics articles. I, I um, in college, I studied physics and biology, and I was really into physics. There's something in physics called the double slit experiment that scientists, cool. that scientists to this day cannot really explain. Uh, basically, the last thing that they've discovered is that this experiment kind of proves that um, matter isn't really matter. It's more like... Uh, particles exist when you observe it and when you don't observe it it's a it's a wave function so it's a it's a formula that exists and only manifests when you observe it as, as, as a scientist so that really fascinated me and i looked more into it um and i discovered there's like this whole 
society of people that like really try to delve into the spirituality uh, sense of reality. And uh, I found this organization called the International Academy of Consciousness in New York City when I was living there. Okay. And, and uh, I took a lot of their courses. They're, they're, they're called the uh, CDP uh, courses. Uh, they go all the way up to one through five. And I went all the way up, all the way up to five. And I took their advanced courses. Um, it, they basically uh, teach you how to really connect with, uh, I guess, your, your, your spirituality, your, your senses, your, your very uh, subtle senses and abilities to, to, to sense things. The, the the thing that really um got me and like i did these classes like really really skeptically like i thought it was all bullshit oh you have to be yeah oh, oh yeah and and one of my last classes um they had this instructor uh it was about six of us as students and he comes in and he says okay i have a best friend let's call him friend a and he lives in california um he has a terminal illness somewhere in his body is a cancer i want you guys to write down where the cancer is on his body hmm. you know uh, you know trying to focus meditate and try to and try to imagine where this cancer is and i asked him how how can i really meditate on this person if i don't know who he is and, and right. he says it doesn't matter if you know who he is it's you put the intention of trying to find this person as friend a that you know in california and that's that's enough i'm like okay fine whatever it sounds like bullshit so uh he lights a few candles turns dims the lights down and asks us to meditate for five minutes and then write down where we think you know uh the cancer is and then i ask him okay so how do you draw this out like how do you whatever he goes okay well imagine in your head a silhouette of a body Either the silhouette is black with a white background or a body that's white with a, I'm sorry, a body that's black with a white background. Whatever it is, the color of the body, just imagine the cancer being the opposite, right? So, okay, I'll do that. So we all did that. And You know what I'm envisioning right now, right? I'm envisioning the hangover when there's an out-of-body experience at the Buddhism and <laughs> they're all little short people. I'm envisioning... <laughs> That right now. Okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I did this. And again, in my head, I'm like, this is so bullshit. I'm ready to walk out. And, you know, and I spend five minutes meditating and, and, I, and I get a vision in my head. And I see oh, shit. this like, little like circle of cancer in the lung area of the, of the right lung. Right. So I draw this picture on a paper and I fold it. And he says, okay, everyone put it on the, on the desk or in front of me. Don't no one touch anything. Just leave it there folded. And he has everyone get up and look at him while he opens him. And five out of six of us got it right. And he opened up his envelope and it showed the same thing. So I'm like, this is really fucking weird. You all drew the same thing five, without five nobody knowing. Drew, drew, drew the exact same thing he had in an envelope sealed. Yes. Yeah, it like something out of a Vegas show. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, he could be a magician. <laughs> he could be, but I mean, like, unless like they were all scamming me and like they were all part of it, like to me, it seems like pretty coincidental. And like, and you're sure you had no cords hooked to your brain, right? No, no, no. Okay, no. okay. Just making no, sure I, I went in there really highly skeptical, right? And that just kind of convinced me that there. I, I mean, not convinced me that. Everything that I was so, being taught was real, but that at least there's something there that I can't explain. So is so, that considered like an out-of-body experience that somehow meditation, like spiritually within your own like third dimension space, you took yourself and looked at his envelope and you drew what you saw and you came back to your body. So like somehow mentally you you went and you saw what he had in his envelope. Now I I never thought about it that way. That that could be what happened. But well, from from what he explained, he said that what actually happened was we mm -hmm. tapped into the ethereal realm of the universe. Right? Oh my of, god! Of the, this is what what he said. You're fucking making me freak out. <laughs> okay. 
of, of the spirit world where uh -huh. everything is connected and it let us see that information. Like it's so basically just did, information. Did you have like a vision or did it, I just, or did you, I just, did you, pit, did you see like a, a lung? No, no, no. Did you see this person's body? He or said, like that? he said, just, just like, if you want to envision the cancer, just make a silhouette of a body in your head and picture the cancer in the silhouette. And that's all I did. Like I, so I you, just, you manifested you it. Like a, you, you visualized you, a picture of wherever part of the body you thought it would be. Right. And, and, and he said to do that, you have to meditate on the person that I mentioned to you. Person A in California that has terminal cancer. Just focus on him and ask with, with the intention of, 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 of wanting to know the information where the cancer is. And wow. you'll get the answer. And and I thought again, I yeah, thought it was all bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. And it happened. You're like, I'll fucking do it. Yeah, yeah. And that that was just amazing. Yeah. So that was my first experience of like the thing, something that I couldn't really explain. Yeah, um, that's totally matrix shit right there. I mean, you. <laughs> yeah. So then after this tapped in. <laughs> so after these uh, series of courses that I took with them, I started to focus on learning how to meditate because after that happened, I was like freaked out and I, and I don't want to learn more. So I spent months trying to meditate properly. It took months to quiet the voices in my head, right? It, that's the hardest right. part. That's the hardest it part is, of doing it. It is, yep. So once I actually did it where like I, I can actually just focus and not, and not hear anything and just meditate, um, I actually have my own out-of-body experience. Um, very, very, very subtle, very, very quick, but I imagined myself walking in my living room, um, into the kitchen. I saw these strange beings, right? And I know that I sound crazy right now. <laughs> I know I do. But, Just a little. <laughs> but I, I, you know, and I, I, as a man of science, I have to admit that this is possibly me having a dream. Right. You got to be skeptical. Yeah. You got to be right. skeptical of your own conscience. Yes. Right. Right. It's, it's possibly me having a dream. Like I, I, I probably fell asleep during my meditation and had this dream and woke up. Right. Who knows? However, the experience was so fascinating and so, so real. Like I've never had a dream with like these many colors and these many things. Like it just felt different. It was a different experience. So, um, Everybody's had an experience maybe similar to something like that uh -huh. to where they, you classify it as maybe like a night terror mm. to where you think it's so fucking real. Right. But you're talking about something that is on a different level than that. Mm -hmm. It's not. He's almost talking like it's something beautiful. Like, right. He it enjoyed it. it. It really yeah. was beautiful. And like, it really changed me. Like, yeah. this experience and these, these like, this time when I was really taking it seriously. It really changed me, um, and and I think that this really led me to my divorce with my ex-wife because, like, it really let me kind of like take a step back and look at, at my life and look where I was, um, and I realized I wasn't happy that I was wasting mm -hmm. a year with this person, and I was mm -hmm. just there because I was I wanted to not leave my son, and right. um, it, it it just made me do a lot of things to to get where I am now, which which I'm very happy right now, like 20 times happier well, than good. I've ever been in my life. So good, um, good. Yeah. So like all, so, all I can say to people li listening to this show is take the opportunity to just meditate at least 10, 20 minutes a day or a couple of times a week. Just time for yourself to focus and and to step back from reality, right? And just think about yourself yeah. and think about your life yeah it, it, it really helped me i mean meditation for me would be to have no distractions right. to be in a room like if it's your bedroom or anything with all the tv the lights off and this and that and just you getting into your mode to where you have nothing else to focus on but yourself and what your actually brainwave is actually processing at right. that point right I, I think meditation is maybe like a vague term it is it, yeah. it, it's hard to figure out like how to actually do it almost a loaded term right a like, loaded yeah. Term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and like you know there are different like versions of it like you know there are 
because these women in you in the classes that do yoga that meditate or quote unquote meditate, it's not really meditation. It's just mm -hmm. relaxing, right? <laughs> well, yeah, you're in a whole group so, of people. Like, how could you meditate in a whole group yeah, of people? Right, you have right. to be alone for that yeah. to really get engaged or, into it and right. feel what's going on. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I, I'm yeah. learning about it every day, and I really love yeah. the whole the whole practice. So. Well, that's good stuff, Joe. Um, I I think mindfulness is yeah a very important thing uh, to step back and look at your yourself from a distance and uh, meditation definitely definitely helps do that mindfulness um, kind of practice and for all the listeners who try and you know um, do meditation themselves you know sometimes we get a little paranoid if we shut ourselves down from from you know outside life for whatever to take that minute but just know that Joe's got you covered he's making sure that your personal so cybersecurity information is safe <laughs> while your out-of-body experience is taking place. So don't worry. Joe's got you covered. Uh, this, is, this is always an open platform here. So if any of the viewers have any kind of tips or recommendations and what works for them or, you know, anybody else that can go and provide their personal stories about it, please send it to us because we are absolutely totally open and willing and able to try these out because that mental health is it's an actual crisis here in america oh, yeah. more than ever so oh, yeah. we need all absolutely the help we can get. yep absolutely well good stuff joe that was uh that was a great uh uh sharing of uh your your personal experiences with meditation and how you you know uh was able to pick up a lot of techniques and stuff and uh hopefully listeners get some some uh, use out of that uh let's jump into uh kind of our next uh little um uh chat about you know joe as I understand it, you um, your nationality is you are Hispanic, correct? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you are Hispanic. So tell me, um, you know, uh, there's so many things going on within the minority groups these days. Um, I I understand that you know there's some some things. You know, it's a touchy subject, and you know, very touchy. Yes, very well and alive. You know, so, I mean, we're uncut, unraw, unfiltered. We're all friends here, and yeah. we can all can have a conversation. We're not going to get pissed off at each other for whatever we say to each other because yeah. we're going to have an open-end conversation. Yeah. Right, right, exactly, Chad. And so, Joe, <clears throat> bring us into the life of, I guess we, we're calling it minority, if that's what society does. And I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things going on with the borders and stuff and everything right now. Uh, with the Biden administration, there's so much shit going on. Um, I I'm assuming that you want to kind of jump in a little bit as how it reflects, like how you can remove yourself from that that status, or what what's your take on like what makes you the word minority stick out to you um, as being Hispanic? Yeah, so <clears throat> like I've I was born and raised in Harlem, New York City, Harlem back when I was growing up was not the best place to live. Uh, Absolutely not. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I was there until my, uh, until I was around 20 years old. And uh, I hardly have any friends that I can say that I have um, uh, from back then because they're either in jail or still there hanging out in the corner doing drugs or selling drugs or just like right. Or dead, right? So, um, or in jail, whatever. So it's it's hard to like as 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 someone that's in their in their late forties, like it's tough making new friends, like being this age, because people have their own friends, have their own lives. It's, it's hard to change, and like you know, I, I kind of miss you know a lot of people. Like my my fiance has a lot a lot of old friends from her childhood that I kind of you know like wish I had that. Anyway, so mm -hmm. like it's just. Like this whole minority thing, I don't, I don't like how how society is right now. Like so much division, so much bullshit. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, I don't get it. And uh, like I got out of that place because I I, I worked hard, I studied, um, I decided not to do what my friends were doing. And I focused on uh, what my parents taught me was just to work hard and 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 it'll it'll work out. It'll work itself out in, in life, and it did. So um, good to hear. 
Yeah, and like I have family that that are still stuck in that mentality of like you know like blaming and like think, thinking that there's some this this like un, unseen person holding them down, you know. And I was gonna say the status holding them back, right? Yeah, and and no, it's, it's you're holding yourself back, man. Like it's just snap out of it. Like I I don't understand. Like and like the biggest problem, and Trump was right uh, when. I know that Trump was a little crazy, you know, with things that he said, but I think one thing that he said was right when he was president, that the media, the media is, is the enemy. Like they're causing all this division and they're, they're brainwashing people to think that, you know, we should separate into these small groups of, of tribes to, and to hit each other. And like, that's not the way forward like yeah i i want to chime in on that too because i i've been thinking that way for a while it's like mm-hmm. there always has to be a yin and a yang part of it mm-hmm. but at the same time they're always wanting to cause a vision either it's coke or it's pepsi it's like an <laughs> xbox <laughs> or android or it's apple it's like chad like, the I worst feel like there's some the worst part of it chad is us always choose black and white <laughs> yeah they always want to make us choose a side it shouldn't be like that right way. You know, we should like whatever we want and not judge each other for liking what we like, you know? No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 a problem for sure. Um, you know, you have majority, minority, you have, and then, you know, so many different statuses and stuff. Like, why can't we all just be human? Like, why do we, like, everybody's human, so why do we have to say minority? Like, human would be better. Like, you know... I'm Caucasian white, Joe's Hispanic, but we're both human. We're both one in the same. We both have, you know, at the bottom, bottom, bottom of of the root, we have the same blood. So um, a lot of us have the same struggles, too. There's struggles with absolutely. We can relate. Yeah. Yeah. There's struggles with drugs. It doesn't matter if you're white or black or Hispanic, dude. Drug addiction is real. If real there's so many problems in our society it's not race related that everybody needs to get on the same page where it doesn't matter what race you are everybody's dealing with the same shit yeah you know yeah. right and, and i i tried to talk about this with like people that, I, that i've known for a while uh uh and family and i've i've told them the, the, the ones that kind of have this victim mentality that um i think they're conflating racism nowadays because because like you know yeah you know that there is racism but very extreme, extreme, rare, uh, you know, times or, or places or people. I think for the most part, right. most of, most of society is very accepting, right? But I think the biggest problem that we're facing is a cultural issue or, or a cultural war. And like, there's a culture of people that unfortunately uh, are my color or darker that embrace mm-hmm. a culture that isn't um isn't helpful to their lives right like uh they're 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 not trying like they're not focused on like what's important in in your child's future schooling uh education love making sure that your child is is not traumatized by uh by by a bad environment at home with like you know random boyfriends or whatever like keeping the family unit together at home like things like that that's a culture issue. That's a societal issue. It's not a race issue. And unfortunately, it's really affecting the minority populations a lot um, because they're in this victim mentality. And I don't know what this, what the solution is. Um, I'm I'm venting right now about it because like it's something that something that really bothers me. I have no, no solution, yeah. and, and I hate venting about something that I have no solution for. Uh, I just hope that one day. Um, and I think we're going to get there. Like my, my, one of my favorite shows is Star Trek because Star Trek, you know, unlike other shows, Star Trek, their vision is of a society that has solved all the problems. Right. And I hope, I hope that we get kind of close to that point. Right. (laughs) You know, and Star Trek had a a great episode in the, in the old, in the old, uh, Kirk, uh, James Kirk Shatner time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had, a, they, had up, were, they had an episode where there were a couple of aliens that hated each other. Uh, and one had, uh, they, they had like faces of like one side was black and the other was white. But the other set of 
people had the color on the wrong side of the of the face and they hated each other. Wow. And Kirk was like, but you're the same, just one color on one switched. side and it switched. Oh no, it's obviously his he's black on the other side. Wow. Like it's just like it's just nonsense. Nonsense. Yeah. You yeah. know? And I just hope that one day that it'll but just that's work the out. Thing that we're dealing with on so, the side of your day. That's the genius of it. Yeah. Because it makes no matter what side it is or what color it is, if it's switched, then it's different and people look at you because you're different and it's wrong. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna say. That's, a, that's amazing, Joe. I really love that. I'm going to say here that, um, Joe, that was very touching you opened yourself up and i appreciate that um and and i hope that there will be a time that we um can come together as a society of humans and not of color or race or anything but that kind of leads into this next kind of thing how much of us getting there and this is no bullshit how much of us getting there is artificial intelligence <laughs> So if we're going to create a better society where minority is no longer a word or people are doing this, are we going to rely more on artificial intelligence to be the key mechanism to um, setting, I'll say we as in society, not me as in Mike, but we as in society setting us straight because that's a common anomaly is artificial intelligence. How much do you feel that that's going to be weighted to fix society today? I think that there's going to be attempts to try it. Yes. Like, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to, there's going to be a mix of people that are against it because of religion and because of ethics and because of just personal feelings. I think mostly it's going to be religion. Like, oh no, that's the mark of the beast, you know, the 666 thing, you know, whatever. But, right. Like, uh, Elon Musk is has his a, a company. I forgot what it's called. He's developing a brain chip that's that's going to integrate human brains with technology, and that's going to happen soon, right? Like an AI right now, it's it's amazing. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys ever heard of the Tur the Turgis test or the Turin test, something like that. So this test, uh, scientists developed this. I think about 25 years ago or or 30 years ago, um, with the uh, proactively because they imagine that at, at some point we'll be powerful enough to create AI. And this test was supposed to test the AI computer to see if uh, it's actually conscious or not. The AIs that we have now far surpass these tests. So there's no way for us to know right now. And these uh, companies like Google and like OpenAI and ChatGPT they don't know what they're doing. Like, they don't know how powerful this thing is. Um, I, right. saw, uh, I saw a Joe Rogan podcast the other day where he said, uh, he had a, a person on there that said that one of the AI projects let AI loose on the internet and only gave it the ability to know English. And it came the next day and it learned several different languages. Like wow. uh, some like uh, African languages, like some tribe languages from, wow. from Africa that, that hardly that anyone like speaks. That's some kind of matrix stuff. Yeah. Like, where it, you open up the matrix and then you can just totally. It's just scary well, shit. What was the pill, the limitless pill? Oh, limitless like, It is very yeah. scary yeah. because AI is naturally uh, developed to learn. So, yeah. so it learned and taught itself. Yes. Languages besides English, whatever they fed to it. It learned it, and wow, that's that's crazy. I'm gonna have to look up that that podcast uh, yeah. episode that Joe had. What is that? The I know what you're talking about, especially with the the, the brain implants. Mm -hmm. Well, the brain that implant cure, uh, Joe was thinking of is narrow like, link. Uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, it, the company that must was the, started was narrow link. Narrow link. Narrow link. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah, but, but yeah, I gotta tell good. you cure diseases that could cure like muscular dystrophy like if somebody was paralyzed you implant this into their head and they can walk again like yeah absolutely that it's on the cusp of being able to provide medical breakthroughs uh -huh. Uh -huh. 
Yep, yep. And he uses the medical term behind his company, Neuralink, because that's the whole purpose is to give people abilities again who are lost, right? Eyesight, walking, talking, everything. But I got to tell you that as we're talking here about this, I pulled it up and in March 2nd of this year, so only a few months ago, Reuters released a report that the U.S. regulators rejected Elon Musk's bid to test the brain chip on humans. So that means we may never be able to see the realism of AI in the sense of giving people hope, you know, if they don't have any. That won't stop Musk. He'll just change the office to Mexico (laughs) and do it there. (laughs) And God forbid China. But let's let's say oh, God forbid China, right? <laughs> you know what percentage of that is a political decision at that point? Because you know the elites, the global elites, whatever you want to call them, they don't want to see him succeed because they don't they see him as a threat. What is he? He's the richest. Absolutely, man in the world. absolutely, they see him as a threat because he's taken he's taken um, technology to the next level, and everything mm-hmm. he's touching, he, he's doing that. He's he's moving the needle forward. Um, in, in what's required for, um, you know, I, I'd say, you know, earth to succeed 50 Mars. years. Let's talk now. about Mars. Let's talk about Mars. Okay. Uh, Mars. I heard, I heard Randy Savage took a, took a ship there. Um, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um no but ai is definitely something that's um you know i'm looking forward to seeing where it's going as a software engineer um i develop and write python code that does some some uh self-learning um you know self-updating based on common mathematics and everything you know it's all statistical based on you know helping some kind of block of code learn to to change you know like you know automation you know turn the light on you know you can speak to alexa and tell it to do it and it goes through the wi-fi and it turns your light on you know so i mean that's all driven by the same same foundation of ai um self-driving cars same thing it's all based on little basic statistics that it's looking and visualizing that it's calculating right exactly exactly and 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 the world is scared to let it free because now you're relying on self, you know, uh, uh, you're removing choice or self choice. Like you're going to have some kind of mathematical computation decide on what time that you have dinner or, you know, what time you meet with this person, you know, you're relying on not your own brain, but you're, you're relying on, mathematics to make decisions for you so it's definitely you know I, I, I tell you what there mike the global elites that want to live forever that's what you want to call them they're doing whatever it takes to invest whatever they can to find that out for themselves because they want to live forever so if that's what it takes for them to you know acknowledge it and embrace it then they will they want the bionic Absolutely. eye if they can get it they'll take it they will they will and and the more People say, see, like, you know, society in some ways is lazy, right? So we want automation. We want AI to be able to do things for us, you know. So unfortunately, the more people see that, they are going to jump on board and accept it. And we're going to have self-driving cars in 25 years. Um, You know, we're going to have all kinds of tripped out shit. Um, And who knows if we'll be there to, to see it or to witness it, but I know my kids will. So, you know, I'll tell them to, you know, jump into meditation mode as Joe was speaking of earlier and tell me about it um, because I'll be, you know, I'm my own second life. Um, so, okay. So that's, that's AI in a nutshell on how it's going. Um, we would love to hear about anybody's opinion on AI. That is a big topic. Um so let's close out the show here with um, with a little bit of, um, I don't know, it's probably on everybody's minds still to this day, especially um, if you're from the Northeast. Um, Joe's from New York, so I'm sure he's got an opinion on it. And um, I happen to 
to be working for ConocoPhillips at the time when 9-11 hit. And um, I was in charge of sending gas trucks to all the fuel stations around uh, New Jersey and, and New York. Um, and I was on the phone with a, a mobile dealer at the Holland Tunnel when the first plane hit. And um, he said, oh, my gosh, and everything. And I was still talking with them. And then I was walking into a conference room. The TV was on. And second plane hit and his phone went dead. Um, and so, I mean, I don't know if it was a shock or, or just that's when the phone systems just went black, you know. Um, but yeah, 9-11 was a big day in, in history in America. And um, Joe, you're from New York. And um, I'm not sure if you were in New York at the time when that 2001 or whatever that it, that it took. Uh, or I'm sorry, 99. Gosh, I can't believe I just said that. Um, 2001. 2001. I was right the first time. Yeah, yeah I was thinking 99 yeah, right. when, when my daughter was born in 99. Okay, don't mix those two together. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so share, Joe, um, were you in New York at the time when 9-11? Do you have, are you a conspiracy theorist or what do you got on this? <laughs> I was on the 81st floor of Power One. Holy shit. Uh, I'm talking I, to you right now. Yeah, wow, sorry, okay. I'm sorry. I, I, let me clarify. I used to work for Bank of America who, that was on the 81st floor of Tower One. So uh, I was an IT engineer at the, at the time, like a sysadmin. Uh, and I wasn't in the building when the, hit, the plane hit, thank goodness. I was a, a, little, a little late for work. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> no I, shit. We wouldn't be talking to you right now, Joe. <laughs> thank yeah, you for, uh, <laughs> thank you for being late that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I was uh, on the E-train uh, underground heading towards the World Trade Center complex. Uh, when the plane hit, uh, they stopped all the trains in the area. Uh, and we were mm. underground for about, I'd say, 45 minutes uh, with power going in and out. Uh, it was hot. It was in September and hot. Uh, and, it, I, and during that time, it's hot in New York City in the summer. It's humid. Uh, so it got really, underground. it got really yeah. stank oh. in that, in that freaking uh, train. So me, <laughs> me and like five of the guys decided to leave the train. Um, so we kind of squeezed out of the doors and we, uh, kind of shimmied on the side of the train and got Did to the, you guys know each other? You no, we had no idea. Guys, we decided to leave. Like, all right, you guys kind of like teamed yeah. together. Like, all right, let's get the hell out. Yeah. So we, 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 we shimmied on, on, on the side of the train and got out of the next station. And the next station was World Trade Center. So we uh, went upstairs into the lobby of the building and saw the chaos and they told us what happened and they wouldn't let us leave the building. Uh, they said that it was- Joe, what was your first thought when they told, when you heard what happened, knowing that you were, you could have been there? Uh, I thought- What was, was your first thought? About, my first thought was it was, it was like the explosion in 91 or, or, or 93 where they bombed the parking garage in, in the basement. So I didn't think it was uh, that big of a deal. Uh, but you know that you're know, the first tower. There was you, kind of social media at the time, but nothing like live updates where you know what was going on, right? The, the, the first thing I heard was it was a small plane that hit the, the, okay. the like a Cessna, right? So no one was worried. No, nobody. Okay, was okay, right, right. I got you. So you didn't, you weren't having any self-reflection because you were like, oh, it's just they, they. You know, it wasn't my floor. It's not like I was sitting and looking out the window and saw this plane come into me. Right. You wouldn't you wouldn't have been that person because your floor was different. So you were just thinking, oh, somebody, you know, lost control of their plane and you right. weren't even really connecting to it. Right. So like, uh, OK, so while I while we were all waiting in the lobby, they, they were closing doors and the guys in the speakers were like, oh, uh, stay where you are. It's safe in the building, blah, blah. blah. And then we hear a boom. The other tower got hit. Wow. And then we saw the debris falling from the tower and on the flames. And that's when everyone shit their pants and ran out of the building. Um, wow. we, we ran out of the building um, and we all ran. It was a cluster of us, about maybe a, at least 200 people from the building. Holy shit. That ran from the Tower 1 uh, uh, lobby to Canal Street, which is about, I'd say, three or four miles north of world trade center and we stayed there the entire time just and we watched both towers but fall um it, it was a crazy day from everything that i've watched uh like documentaries and movies about this one thing that they missed 
um, that I've never seen talked about or shown was that every now and then uh, during 9-11, um, after the tower, I'm sorry, after the second tower uh, got hit, every 20 minutes or so, you'd hear these like jets go, like flying up above you going zoom, zoom, and everyone would duck because we thought- yeah, we, you're getting bombed. We right? thought we were being bombed yeah. or attacked. Yeah. And then we realized after a while that it was our jets, our, our fighter jets protecting us. And like, I'm telling you, everyone that you look around, everyone would just duck for cover because we all thought that we we're going to die. And every single time it happened, like it, that's never mentioned or talked about in, in, the, in these documentaries. It's so weird, right? <laughs> um, randomly, you, you'll see people like in, in their cars blasting the radio and people just hovering around the cars listening. It, it, it was just a crazy day. Um, I bet, my, man. Yeah, my 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 mother and my sister and my wife at the time thought I was dead, um, and I couldn't contact them because there was no cell service until that evening. Um, right. There there were no cabs, no buses, no no no, no trains. So I had to walk from Manhattan all the way to my house in Queens. It's about twenty miles. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah. So I got home like around one in the morning. And I gotta be uh, honest with you, while you're walking, you're probably saying, "Thankful I'm alive." Yeah. Yeah, it, it was crazy. And every now and then I'd get a ride here and there for, for about five miles or two miles. And I got there like around midnight and my my wife started crying. She, she, she thought I was dead. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, yeah. I mean, footage out there that I, I know we're trying to wrap up, but I kind of want to get Joe's take on this before we close because he was there. World Trade Center 7. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> Was there anything that day that you could see when it came to that building? So, Chad, so, you're being um, a theorist talking about them blowing up seven, right? Yeah, that was a building that just went down on its own, separate from the two World Trade Towers. So this is a there are reports building. that there was there was explosions on seven that was taken down because it was taken down to intentionally. Correct. Intentionally to prevent something of never been answered. <laughs> yeah, they they said from what I remember, like uh, it was some documentary like twenty years ago. They said that the SEC was investigating a bunch of rich people, and their office was in World Trade Center uh, Seven, and that's why they wanted to destroy it. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but I was there on Canal Street. I saw all three buildings from where I was. I saw, so you saw the seven. I saw seven go down. You saw seven. I go saw down. seven go down. And so did anybody else? Because that was after the first two towers went down. Then seven went down. Right. right? Seven so, went down around four o'clock or five, or five o'clock. So the right. reaction from the people that were there that you were around, everybody could see we that. We said, at that what point, the right? fuck? And they're we like, what the hell? There's something fuck? else going down. What but the then, fuck? But, yeah. So there was no media coverage on that. Not specifically. At all, yeah, right? It like, was very strange. It was just one and two. I was, was waiting amazing. for them to talk about that on the news the next day. Yeah, but and they didn't. Nothing. It. It's yeah. just really weird. Like, they just glossed over it. Like, it's just so weird. I mean, like, I'm not... And you know, and if you think about it, you know, there was people on the ground still when seven fell, even even at four or five o'clock. Right. Like, 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 they had, like, you know, crews were in there still trying to find people and rubble and everything. And so when seven went down, you know that that unfortunately took out people, too. Yeah. 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 And we're we're theorizing here that that was taken down intentionally um, by the U.S. government or the I, who took that building down. Is that I don't known know. at this point? I mean, this is 20 years plus. I don't know. No, I, but it's fishy. It is fishy for it to just collapse straight down. is so fucking weird, man. It's so weird. So, so weird. Yeah. As I said, I was in Conical Phillips at the time. And so as soon as both, both, as soon as the first one went down, I was on the phone with somebody, some official from New York and they shut down the parkways on Jersey. And I had police escorts for my trucks running gas in for like 48 or, you know, 48 hours. I had police escorts for the fuel trucks running gas in and out. So all the emergency vehicles could stay fueled. Yeah. So yeah. like, like in and out, in and out, like, like the, the, the Holland tunnel was closed. The bay, the bridge was closed, but there was one way in from the 
from New Jersey to Manhattan and one way out and it was only for my fuel trucks. And mm-hmm. so I was doing that for like two or three weeks straight, like working long 16 hour days, just running and dispatching fuel and talking to the drivers. And um, I did visit Manhattan six months after September 11th for work. And I walked all the way around at that time, you know, all the visuals were still up around the World Trade Center area. And I just remember walking all the way along that fence line, just reading almost like not every kind of paper and picture that was hanging from that fence. But I did stop and read a shit ton for like six hours. Um, And I just walked all the way around because all, you know, the streets were all, it was like really a four corner kind of plot and you could just walk all the way around this whole fence line and just read everything. And by the time I was done, man, I was coming back home to, I was in Arizona at the time and I remember flying back and I, yeah, I had a tough time sleeping. Just everything I read in my mind. Um, Yeah. That's great, man. So, before we close here, in terms of the history of 9-11, will World Trade Center 7 be mentioned to the kids of the day that weren't alive when that happened? Do they know about that? Or, or is it just World Trade Center 1 and 2 went down and 3,000 people died? Yeah, most people don't is, so is it reported that World Trade 7 is even mentioned That'll, in our history books that's the real question here i doubt it chad because that wasn't that that is forever connected to that day but it's not forever connected to those two planes yeah yep yep all right so that'll just that will not be something that's covered well, that's very unfortunate because that that's that's a cheating on our society and you know yeah. people lost their lives you know they need to be remembered too, and we need to have real answers. That's something that needs to be shown to the people mm-hmm. what happened. And hopefully one day we'll get those answers. I well, here, here on the neighborhood smack, <laughs> here yeah. in the neighborhood smack, we will never forget. So yeah. September 11th yeah. will always be, be a part of that day for us on neighborhood smack. Two planes or not, three buildings fell, and we will always remember three buildings. Mm-hmm. That's correct. That's right. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our episode two here. Um, it was great having you, Joe Vey, on our uh, the Neighborhood Smack podcast. Um, and we we don't know the next episode will come out, but hopefully people can follow us, like us, um, send us some comments. Um, we'd love to hear from you and to see if we're on the right track. Um, Absolutely. Any, any of these topics discussed today, Joe was very insightful, and it was a pleasure for you to be on our first Thank episode you. as a guest, Thank man. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. Yes, this is the inaugural guest episode. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll line up some new ones, some other ones to come up later in time. But uh, so anyways, uh, we'll wrap it up and we'll call it a, an episode. And I'm Mike. This is Chad. Yay, have a good night and day and wherever you're at, everybody. Thank you so yep, much. Yep, thank you. Bye-bye.